0: Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today for a special bonus episode on simplifying children's sleep. I spoke with sleep consultant, Sierra Dante, about how parents can simplify their approach. Is there really such a thing? Some of her best tips to getting our babies to sleep better, how we can assist our children to become better sleepers, and more. It's our hope that listeners will walk away from this episode with a framework to better understand and provide for the sleep needs of their families so that they can be more present and enjoy their waking time together much more. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to pre-order a copy of my upcoming book, Minimalist Moms, Living and Parenting with Simplicity. I'm just really excited to share some new content with you, and I've broken down the book into various categories of minimalism that you can focus on in your daily life, such as time, mindfulness, holidays, sentimental items, post-holiday decluttering, sustainability, pregnancy and postpartum, intentional purchasing, and more. I've included a link at the top of the show notes for you. Again, thank you to everyone who supports the Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving rating and reviews, or following along on social media. It truly does mean the world to me, and I just look forward to seeing this community grow. And now for the special bonus episode with Sierra. Sierra, thank you so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast.
1: Hi there. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, I. Okay. I think this topic can be somewhat, I don't want to say controversial, but I definitely think people have their opinions when it comes to sleep, so I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this area.
1: You're absolutely right. It can sometimes have an element of controversy, but it definitely doesn't have to. You know, we're each in charge of raising our own families, and I really do believe in uh, each individual family doing what's right for them.
0: Yeah, 100%. Well, I'm kind of jumping ahead. I would love for you to introduce yourself for listeners before we get into our conversation.
1: Yeah, so I'm Sierra Dante. I'm a mom of three, and I'm a sleep consultant who gives parents the most simple, loving steps to improve sleep. And I also happen to be a social homebody and a casual neat freak. (laughs) And uh, I do consider myself a minimalist, although sometimes it feels like having three children does not, would automatically rule me out of that category. But... um, You know, we live in a lovely little house, and I have found it to be an absolute necessity to have simple systems in place already for most areas of my life. Kind of an everything-in-its-place mentality really helps me prioritize, easily focus on, you know, the more important things in life. So I'm really pleased to be here speaking with... uh,
0: queen minimalist mom herself. <laughs> oh, thanks. I was wondering if we could be minimal in this area. I, I, I loved that you reached out and I wanted to discuss this because I do think it's so important, but I wanted to see how we could apply minimalism to sleep. So I guess before we get into maybe our approach, I'd like to know maybe a, a bit of your background and what made you decide to pursue sleep consulting? <sighs>
1: Sure. It's a great question because it's not necessarily the path I was on or what I thought I saw myself doing. Mm -hmm. I knew I always wanted to be a mom Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: uh, I knew that motherhood was going to challenge me. I knew it was going to be an exciting adventure with ups and downs. I knew all of that ahead of time, but then I had my first baby and I was head over heels in love and I was getting no sleep. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the first, the newborn days were the newborn days, whatever. He didn't sleep terribly, but. Then as we were getting on, he was, you know, six months, eight months, sleep was getting worse and worse. And I quickly found myself pregnant with my second child and I just didn't think I was going to be able to survive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having two babies in diapers and having half as much sleep and twice as much laundry. I just did not see how this was sustainable in any way. And at that point I went into research mode. Um, I, I quickly discovered that sleep is a skill. And, yeah, you know, I talked to all the moms at the play group and the playground and, you know, all my coworkers or, or sister in laws that had children ahead of me. And uh, I discovered that sleep is actually a skill. And. You know, this is not something that I think is widely known. It's certainly not talked about as a skill. And through a lot of trial and error, I developed a process that I could actually wrap my head and my heart around to improve sleep for my baby. And I learned that with just a little bit of guidance, babies actually love sleep mm-hmm. once they know how to do it. So by the time I had my third baby, I knew I was onto something. Everyone says baby sleep is terrible, kind of sleep like a baby is a big joke, mm. but it certainly does not have to be that way and this was a big revelation for me sleep is as essential for our well-being as and for babies' development as love and nutrition and this is something that I now believe completely wholeheartedly and I want to shout it from the mountaintops so that's why I do the work that I do it's something that I really believe is is misunderstood or misinterpreted in our culture in the western world and you know no, no matter how you parent parenting is a lot Mm -hmm. Right. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of brain power. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of stress and mess, but it does not need to be more complicated than it already is. So as someone who is, you know, always looked at life as, you know, I want to enjoy the simple pleasures and the little things in life. I early on in my motherhood journey, and my eldest is now 10 years old. I kind of distilled down this recipe for a thriving family to uh, love, nutrition and sleep. And mm-hmm. if you've got those things in fairly equal amounts, then you kind of you'll end up having less stress in your day to day life. And the good news is is that all three of those things are improvable.
0: I love the idea of sleep as a skill, and I'm curious to know if maybe that applies to adults as well. Which I'm sure that it is, because I know that my husband he gets in these deep sleeps. He doesn't have any sleep um, disorders of any sort. But I will. I remember in our duplex, my Daughter, my firstborn, she would drop her binky from her crib and at night I would hear it. And I'd be all the way in the other room and I would hear that binky drop. That is what a light sleeper I am. So I do think it's interesting just how much of a light sleeper I am versus my husband's deep sleeping. And if maybe that's a, a skill he's acquired or if I could acquire that deep sleep. I, do you have any insight into that? I know we're here to talk about kids, but I find that so fascinating.
1: Well, a big part of it is habit, right? Mm -hmm. If you think about it, us us adults, we have thousands and thousands of nights of sleep under our belts, right? And so that is a lot of practice. But it's also a whole lot of um, letting everything settle into place. So if you have those habits have been in place long enough, Mm -hmm. they kind of settle into the bedrock of of how you do things, how you do your sleep. And so for adults, it does typically take... a mm, Potentially more effort, but it can also be more time to make changes to how we sleep because our habits are just that much more entrenched. And then, of course, there's the whole awareness factor, right? Like mm-hmm. we know what we need to do, but we don't necessarily always want to do it. I mean, part of it, I think, is that mother's intuition. You know, I hear from a lot of moms that don't sleep deeply at once they have children or even head into like insomnia and other struggles with sleep after they've had kids. And I hear from a lot of moms who say that dad, even though they're sleeping in the same room, just doesn't hear the children in the middle of the night. Not always. That's definitely not always the case, but I do see that pattern. And I don't really know why. I, I mean, I think dads sometimes just, well, they may be more physically active, so they they sleep deeper. That could be part of it, depending mm-hmm. on the parents. But then it also might be that, um, you know, if they know mom's got it, they know mom's got the bases covered in the night, then they have that freedom to sleep more deeply. And as moms, if you're more whether it's more high-strung or just more in tune or you just feel like you need to be on call in the night, you're not going to let yourself sleep as deeply.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's interesting. I feel like I need to, we need to discuss this more. But we're here to talk about babies. And like you said, sleep can be one of the biggest struggles for parents of newborns, and it kind of is what pushed you into this line of work. So how would you say that we can simplify our approach, and is there such a thing?
1: Absolutely. This is my wheelhouse, simplifying sleep for parents. And I actually believe that, I mean, we can do this in so many areas of our life as you know, look back through episodes of your podcast, there's almost every area of our lives can be simplified. Mm -hmm. And sleep is no exception. So first step is just simply understanding that sleep is a skill. And therefore you can help your child hone that skill. And what do we do to learn any new skill? Well, we practice, right? So practice makes progress. And this is a big, big part of it. But it's also having an understanding of how our babies learn and also how they naturally sleep. So when we have a new baby, it is a good thing. It is it is really helpful to rock or pat or feed or swaddle or use a pacifier or hold our babies to help them sleep. Mm-hmm. This is totally natural, right? But our, baby, our babies quickly outgrow these newborn tools of ours. And this is typically between two and six months of age, hence what everyone calls the, the four month sleep regression. Yeah. So if our baby's going to outgrow, having us put them to sleep, having us swaddle and rock and pat and do all the things, if, if it's understood that our babies are going to outgrow that at some point, well, but then if that baby has never been allowed to experiment with falling asleep for themselves, then you can guess that things are going to get messy at some point, right? Because there's not going to be overlap. There's going to be a gap where your baby is outgrown the way you used to do it, but doesn't know how else to do it yet. And so if your baby doesn't learn how easy it is to fall asleep by the time they outgrow those tools, they will likely struggle with sleep and have some sleep regression symptoms. So, These are, I mean, everyone's familiar with what this looks like, but typically that is difficulty falling asleep at bedtime, night wake-ups, early morning waking, and short, unpredictable naps. Those are clear signs that what you're doing with sleep for your child is not working for them anymore. Mm -hmm. So we can read their behavior as communication. Sleep regression is simply their way of telling us that they're ready to sleep like a baby and not necessarily be put to sleep like a newborn anymore. So again, Understanding sleep is a fundamental skill that our babies can learn. And the sooner that they learn how easy and enjoyable and awesome sleep is, then the less they'll struggle with it.
0: Oh my goodness. You're, gosh, you're kind of blowing my mind right now because I've honestly never had children that have struggled with sleeping for the most part. That said, I would do some things. Again, this is where the controversial part comes in. I definitely had some habits with my boys that were probably not so good for them. And it was, there was a learning curve there. Again, we all address that learning curve differently. But yeah, I guess just hearing you talk about it, I think that I don't assume anything is wrong. I just assume this is motherhood. This is parenting. It's just going to be hard for now. And I deal with it when I don't realize that there could be an answer. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. I did the exact same thing with my first. You know, he, at four months old, he would wake up every two hours to be fed. And I thought, well, I'll just feed my baby, of course. That's that he must be hungry. Mm-hmm. But it never even occurred to me that if he had had the skills for how to fall asleep, that he would sleep longer stretches and only wake up when he was hungry. Mm-hmm. But because he believed he needed to feed in order to sleep and feed when he was hungry. He had to feed twice as often (laughs) because he had to feed when he woke up in the night to get back to sleep and he had to feed when he was hungry. So it, it created a lot of murkiness. So I find that with simplifying, you also get a lot of clarity. This is not about depriving your children or babies of love or nutrition at all. It is just bringing sleep into balance with the other two factors.
0: Yeah. So what are just some of your best tips you would say to getting our babies to sleep better? And how can we really assist them and help teach them these skills?
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. This is I love this stuff. So um, the first thing I will say, and this may only address a very small portion of your audience, but that is if you're pregnant, this is the time to get proactive so that you can truly be minimalist with sleep and avoid the need to ever sleep train your child. Now, this is, I'll just get into this really quickly. Yeah. This is just simply about introducing the concept of falling asleep occasionally, gradually within the first 12 weeks of baby's life. Now, this is not sleep training, okay? Sleep training in the traditional sense, and there are 101 ways to go about it. So this is not just cry it out, right? I'm talking about all the different you know, methods. If you Google it, you'll find 101 of them, all the different methods of sleep training. This Sleep training just means making changes to improve your child's sleep. And it's the making changes part that people struggle with. That's the difficult part. What do I do? How do I do it? When do I do it? My baby doesn't seem to like it, you know, so how do I know I'm doing the right thing? That is, that is later on that that's for older babies. But with your newborn, you can still feed and rock your baby to sleep plenty. Mm -hmm. But if you also allow for some sleep practice in their bed, you can effectively avoid so many sleep issues, including the four month sleep regression. And the need to sleep train in the future. Okay, so that is, uh, I did not do that with my first, but I did do that with my second and my third. And now I help families do that. And it is absolutely what I what I suggest doing if you have the opportunity. Um, Now, of course, there's sometimes I just, you know, for whatever reason, baby has colic, or it could be 101 other reasons that that's not something that you had the chance to do. Or maybe your baby is now 10 months old. And okay, the newborn days are long behind you. So, for babies and for older children, and I'm talking about even school-age kids, because I work with kids up to 10 years old who still don't fall asleep in their own beds, who don't sleep through the night, who don't stay in their beds all night, or who really don't have confidence in their ability to find their own way into sleep. Um, for kids this age, and I'm talking now for like three months and up, mm-hmm. uh, we don't need gadgets. We don't need gimmicks or tricks to get good sleep. Okay, good sleep is one of the most natural things in the world. So, our kids really just need to know what the parents want them to do when they put them into bed. Mm -hmm. They need to know what they're capable of doing, the fact that, you know, falling asleep for themselves is even an option. And with practice, they will understand that sleep is easy, and with even just a little more practice, they'll understand that it's enjoyable. This is where I help my clients get to at the end of our time together, and this is something that can be done in just a couple of weeks' time. So, if sleep is not going well, it's simply a matter of making changes from a loving place, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. You know, the first step is always about helping your child learn how to fall asleep in his or her own bed. And then it's really, really important for parents to remember that as with any other skill that our babies and children learn, like learning to eat solids or learning to walk or learning to tie their shoes, our kids need our patience, right? Mm -hmm. They need to be allowed to get it wrong a few times before we expect them to get it right.
0: That's uh, (laughs) a, I feel like I need to apply that in everything that I do as a mom.
1: Oh gosh, it's a work in progress for myself as well. (laughs) I get it. (laughs)
0: I don't know why it's so profound to me, but I just think that sometimes we think we got it in an area. Or again, like me, I just assumed that it was going to be hard. So I wasn't I wasn't mad about it being hard. I'm just like, this is motherhood. This is what we're doing. Like, it, it's kind of frustrating at times, but this is just what we're doing for this season of life. So I just become complacent in that. And again, it's it's like there's no answer when there can be an answer. So I just love some of these timestamps. I'm going to have to go back and look at what you said. And I'll use that as a quote because it was just so beneficial.
1: You know, There's this whole idea out there that, you know, hey, hey, moms, y'all just need to settle down and lower your expectations, right? I don't know if you've come across this. I know I have, but I'm in the sleep world, so Mm. sometimes I don't know if that kind of skews my perspective. But I've definitely seen, whether it's on Instagram or whatever, I've seen other moms and and parenting gurus posting things like, y'all just need to lower your expectations. You're all getting out of hand. And I really rail against this because I have... I mean, I've worked with nearly a thousand families. I have spoken with, you know, in in talks and and public public speaking events and that kind of thing. You know, I've spoken with, gosh, I don't know how many people. And I have yet to hear an unrealistic expectation when it comes to sleep. Mm. So I don't know what people are talking about with, you know, people needing to lower their expectations. You know, people, what I hear the most is, I just need a little more sleep. I just want four hours consecutively, or um, I just want my baby to nap or to take naps where they wake up happy instead of waking up distressed, you know, Mm -hmm. to me, these are all really reasonable things. So um, I I really have yet to come across a mom who says, yeah, I want my baby to sleep 16 hours straight, and then wake up for an hour and take another three hour nap. Like, I've never heard that. (laughs) So it's normal. We all need our sleep babies and children need to spend half of childhood asleep adults by the time you know we're in our adult lives we spend a third of our entire life in bed asleep that is, just tells you how fundamental it is for our health and our well-being
0: i need to tell my husband that so we'll get a better mattress <laughs> it's like look we're investing <laughs> in our lives our third of our lives we need that temperpedic mattress <laughs> he, he always tells me when i want kind of bougie things like that he always says you're not a real minimalist you wouldn't want those types of things Quality over quantity. So I'd rather buy one really nice mattress than many poor quality mattresses. And like you said, a third of our life in bed. That's insane. Yeah, I
1: agree.
0: (laughs) What is something that a listener that maybe has a newborn or an infant or even an eight-year-old can start doing today to simplify this area in their life?
1: Okay, so I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the foundation here is looking at how your child is currently falling asleep. So is she being put to sleep? Or is she finding her own way into sleep? Mm-hmm. And people say all to me all the time, oh, well, bedtime is not a problem. My child just wakes up 10 times a night. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, my child goes to bed fine and only wakes up once or twice, but then won't nap in the day. It still comes down to how your child is falling asleep. This is the foundational piece. So how? how do you do bedtime? How do you do nap time? Mm -hmm. Are you holding your baby to sleep? Are you holding your child's hand and sitting next to them on the bed? Are you lying with them to sleep? Are you nursing them to sleep? Are you bottle feeding to sleep, etc? Okay, so it's step one, then think about how big of an issue your child's sleep is for your family right now. This is a good question to ask your spouse as well. So I, I, I would say give it a number on a scale of one to 10, 10 being, you know, a big problem, a big deal. And if you're over five, then it's probably time to make some adjustments. And this does not require a life overhaul. This does not mean you now can't go anywhere. You have to be housebound while you, you know, your baby naps. It just means you have to make some tweaks and adjustments. Um, probably you're already doing a lot of things well with sleep. It's just about making a few small changes and then letting your child practice the new skill. So the last part would be to think about what you want. What would be ideal for your family? If what is happening now is not ideal, what would be better? And, you know, I always tell people, dream a little here. Like, do you actually want your kids to go in a room together and room share? Do you want to have your bed back for you and your spouse so your child is now going to be in their own bed? And would that be in a bassinet, in a crib, in a toddler bed? And what room would that be in? You know, do you want your child to keep using the pacifier or do you want to ditch the pacifier? What, you know, look at the next three, six, 12 months and where do you want to be
0: with sleep? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I don't mean that to sound too heavy. Like this is supposed to be fun. No,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, the other thing that, that parents can do is you can grab my free sleep guide. It's called less is more. And it tells you the only four things that your child needs in order to sleep well. That's right. Cause there's just four. It really is truly that simple. Um, and this is something that you can go over to my website and I've got um, a page set up. SweetSleepConsulting.com slash podcast. And you can grab it there.
0: Perfect. Well, I'll include that in the show notes as well so people can easily find it. Well, this is wonderful. I have so many questions that I feel like I could apply now to my own kids. I'm like, I need to keep you after we talk on this interview because this is so beneficial. But where can listeners find you if they want to connect?
1: Yes, yeah, so I am active over on Instagram uh, at sweet sleep sierra. And I'm also on Facebook. I've got a really wonderful community called the Sweet Sleep Parenting Community on Facebook. And I would love to uh, admit anyone who wants to get in on the conversation about sleep and how we can get easy, sweet, and simple sleep for our kids. And this is, again, for pregnant, expected parents all the way through to, uh, you know, if you have an 8-, 9-, or 10-year-old. And uh, I'm also on my website, sweetsleepconsulting.com.
0: Perfect. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA what is your minimalist moment of the week?
1: So this week I am working on my schedule. It sounds so boring and I don't really, I wouldn't even call it work, but my first or my last baby My third child started kindergarten this fall and this is the first time in 10 years that I actually have hours at a time that I get to focus on whatever I want. Now I love my work so I have been doing a lot of work for the last few months and I love it but I've kind of realized I'm not really hitting that work-life balance. I hit it with my family but I'm not really spending much time doing things I love other than work when my Mm -hmm. kids are in school Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to figure out what that is and I do want to keep it simple because I run my own business. I need to you know on top of things and prioritize. So uh, yeah, I'm pr- currently just pursuing that and uh, it's it's a whole new world having children in school now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that I had it pretty good up until COVID and then like I told you before we jumped on the call, once I lost my babysitter, I had a babysitter once a week. It just really threw me off and I've not been able to get back to any type of normal routine at this point. But I think that is such a great thing. I think it's something that you're constantly simplifying and changing because when you have kids there's so many different seasons of okay now they're in school now they stop napping now they are napping like it really does seem like something that we're constantly having to come back to and simplifying so i i can understand that that's what you're doing my last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about
1: i think you already know sleep is a skill (laughs) babies are born to learn it's easy and enjoyable for us adults we just need to let our babies in on that secret Every baby and every child can be a good sleeper. It's not just luck.
0: That's great advice. I love it. Well, Sierra, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your wisdom in this area with us. I think that anyone that has kids could benefit from listening. so I just appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you so much. I could talk about sleep for hours so thank you for for listening and, and for inquiring it's, it's one of my favorite things to talk about.
0: What did you think of the interview? Remember, there isn't a right or wrong answer when it comes to sleep training your child. Listen to your instincts and pick an approach that your family can be consistent with. Consistency is key, as with most things. I know that it's not easy. I can I can relate. I've been there. And likely, it will take some time and patience. But by integrating some of the techniques and habits that Sierra discussed into you and your child's routine, the whole family will finally be able to get some more rest. What are your thoughts I'd like to know? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.